You want to make a difference at a time when it makes all the difference in the world. And baby girl, this is the time. Hey there, this is Patrice from PatriceWashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. In today's episode, we're doing a Redefining Wealth Rewind with the single most played episode of all time in the history of Redefining Wealth. And it's with my mentor, best-selling author, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, who says, wealth is a choice. Now, if you're new here, all I can say is buckle up tight. Get your pen and paper out. Make sure that you can focus because you couldn't have joined this podcast for a better episode. If you want to take control of your finances, your life, or just your entire wealth building capability, capacity, Man, you are in for a treat. But here's what you need to know about redefining wealth. We're not your typical personal finance show. Here, we believe that wealth is not just about money and material possessions. Wealth is about, first and foremost, your well-being. And so if you haven't heard our foundational pillars, the first six pillars of redefining wealth, then I encourage you to go back and take a listen in your podcast player all the way back to the beginning. And if you're an OG listener and official purpose chaser, oh my gosh, can you believe the year we've had and how quickly it has gone by? Now, I know that you have probably heard this episode and I'm going to ask you, like I've been asking you to listen again because you, my friend, are a totally different person in a totally different place and space in your life. And I'm telling you, this is going to bless you on another level. I've listened to everything over and over again. And I'm telling you, every time I hear Dr. Kimbrough speak, something just shakes up in my spirit, right? But before I get into today's episode, I have to give a shout out to the 10,000 people who have already listened to this episode. I know you know how good it is, right? But it's also time for you to stop being selfish. I don't want this episode to continue to be a best kept secret from you. So I need you right now to think of two people who you know will be blessed as they plan for 2019 and send it to them right now. We'll wait for you. Go on ahead and send it right now. Don't delay. Or you can tell them how they can find it. That's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my mentor, Dennis Kimbrough. So welcome to Redefining Wealth, Dr. Kimbrough. (laughs) What's going on, girl? Man, now I know this is going to be good because they don't even know what we just went through. (laughs) (laughs) But look. I am sitting here in the closet inside of my home office where I record the podcast. And do you know what I'm looking at? What's that? I'm looking at the vision board that I made in 2003 during my senior year in college. And what's on the vision board is the jacket to the cover of the book, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Wow. Which was gifted to me. By my then boss, Steve Harvey, wow. who gave me the book and said, you need to read this. And it changed my life in such a profound way that I put it on this vision board. It's been framed since oh. 2003 and it has moved with me to every home, every city, back and forth across the country. And this is such an honor. It's such an honor. But I have to ask you, do you remember how I actually met you? Yeah, my wife, I forgot the name of the... Uh hairstylist that she was going to and weren't you working there yes so after i lost everything (laughs) (laughs) so when i tell people so your book inspired me i left steve harvey (laughs) i went on to create this million dollar business by 25 the recession hit i lost everything was at the point of scraping of change and a friend of a friend asked me to help her out while i was sleeping on my brother's couch in atlanta she asked me To help her out. You know, I was in that mindset. I lost all my money, but my mind isn't bad. I still know how to do things. Yep. And one of the first weeks that I was supporting her as the salon manager, you walked in and I kept looking at you like, how do I know this man? (laughs) How do I know this man? And I don't really geek out or fan out over big, you know, the superstars and the Beyonce's and all these people that I've had a chance to meet. But when I met you, 
Oh my gosh. I couldn't <laughs> stop talking about it. I couldn't stop talking about it. And I just appreciate you so much. You have no idea. Well, you're changing lives. And I told you yesterday that I listen to your Saturday morning when I'm in there sweating in the gym, lifting metal. <laughs> Here comes the money, Maven, changing lives and giving us the information that we so desperately need. And you do it effortlessly. It's almost like breathing for you. Uh, you know what, though? When I met you and told you about the whole thing with Steve Harvey and how he yeah. introduced me to your work and all that stuff, you took me to lunch because, you know, I was broke. Right. So you <laughs> took me to lunch, even though you were the mentor. Uh-huh. And I was telling you about what I was doing and what my passion was and where my heart was. And you encouraged me to take the blog posts that I had started mm-hmm. writing yeah. And and to write my first book. And so in 2012, Real Money Answers College Life and Beyond was self-published. And that's, you know, four books ago, six years ago now. But that was because of sitting down at lunch with you. And so you have wow. forever changed my life. And you have no I've been waiting for a chance to tell you publicly because I try wow. to tell you every time I get your ear, or, you know, can email. But you changed my life. I try to live by the advice given by Steve Jobs, and I'm working on a book now called The Seven Elements of Iconic Entrepreneurs. I mean, the real peak performance and game changers. And Steve Jobs says, number one, never start a business, start a movement. In other words, look to change people's lives, look to really make a difference. Number two, he says, fulfill the dreams of your client. In other words, you got to understand what are the real dreams? Like you might go to a car dealership and you might tell the sales rep, well, I got an old car. I got 100,000 miles on it. I'm afraid it's going to break down. I need this. I need that. And if that sales rep doesn't ask, what's the real reason why you want that car and which you open up what you why you really want it? And you got to find the real dreams of your client. Number three, he says, make it easy for people to do business with you. Mm. Right right now, I mean, you're the expert in this field. You know there are 21 different ways to market or sell a product or service. Number one is word of mouth. Number 21 is internet. Number 20 is TV. Number 19 is what you do every week, and that's radio. Make it easy for people for you to engage with your customers. And last but not least, and this is what you do so perfectly, if you can't do the first three, focus on total craft mastery. Focus on your skill set. Focus about becoming better, about becoming sharper, becoming more effective and more efficient. And that's all I try to teach my students. When you're the best at what you do, you never have to worry about income and you never have to worry about employment because the marketplace will seek you out. And that's total craft mastery. So Mm. what you're doing is making a difference. You're impacting lives and we need your information so desperately, so desperately. I was reading a couple of days ago and discussing the wealth gap. Right now, there's a wealth gap between blacks and whites. The average African-American household is about $17,000 in assets compared to white America, $171,000 in assets. And the Economic Policy Institute says it will take 228 years at the rate we are going to close that gap. Do you know how long it would take if you didn't do what you were doing every day, Patrice, if you weren't out there chopping cotton and convincing people to change their spending habits and to change their thinking regarding wealth? Do you know how long that would take us? I mean, we wouldn't even be a part of the conversation. You're making a difference, girl, and that's all you want to do. You want to make a difference at a time when it makes all the difference in the world. And baby girl, this is the time. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You wrote in The Wealth Choice, Success Secrets of Black Millionaires, which I love. Thank you for sending it to me. I've been, Mm -hmm. man, it is dog-eared, torn up. (laughs) (laughs) It's been all over the country with me at this point. And one of the things that you wrote was only one path connects poverty and great wealth. The long and rugged road of faith, family, and hard work. Yep. And that ties into what I talk about at Redefining Wealth so perfectly, because as you know, I've been on a mission to really get people to understand that at the root, at the core, becoming wealthy has less to do with money than we think. Oh, that's right. It has 100 percent everything to do with us and our mindsets towards money. Right. Unpack that because you do this so well. 
Yeah. And well, you know, I tell people all the time, I got to explain how I got my name alongside Napoleon Hill's name and thinking grow rich of black choice. But I tell the story in 1908, Napoleon Hill was 24 years old and Patrice through some quirk, you know, we talk about, we connected right now through cosmic habit stance, all the technology challenges we had for the last two days. Well, the same thing applied between Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie. He got an hour interview. He was a nondescript writer for this now defunct magazine called Bob Taylor Magazine. And what people don't know is that Napoleon Hill was 24 years old in 1908. He was going to school part time at Georgetown University anyway. So he gets this one hour interview with the wealthiest individual in the world. If you took Andrew Carnegie's wealth in 1908 and expanded it to here we are 2018, he would easily be worth more than $300 billion. Andrew Carnegie has a 64-room mansion on Fifth Avenue, New York, overlooking Central Park. And so Hill goes there. He's got the interview. He knocks on the door. Carnegie's butler answers the door and takes him by the elbow into Carnegie's study. And they hit it off immediately. You were the one that brought up mindset. And, and this is the mindset that's going to make a difference. And the reason why they hit it off, because Carnegie saw something in Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill wasn't Google eyed and with all the bling bling and with all the excess that Carnegie had. He was only thinking, what is the mindset of this individual to bring all this into his life? And what was going to be an hour interview, Carnegie asked him to stay the entire weekend. That was on a Friday. And that Sunday, when they're about to wrap up, that's when Carnegie puts the test to him. He says, you know, young man, I got a black book over there. And in that book, I got the name, the contact numbers and addresses of all the game changers out here today. I could put you in contact with Harvey Firestone. I could put you in contact with uh, Charles Goodyear. I can put you in contact with Thomas Edison, uh, Alexander Graham Bell. Just like you interviewed me for these last few days, if I could set the interviews up, would you be willing to talk to these individuals and anything that they tell you about wealth and success, put it in a book and not only for this generation, but future generations to come. I'm not going to pay you a dime for it. Uh, I will compensate you for any expenses that you have, but you're not going to be paid a dime. Just the fact that you wrote this book will be your reward enough. Would you do it? And it took Hill less than 11 seconds to say yes. 20 years later, that was the first book, Law of Success. And that's how Napoleon Hill made his first fortune and got this country out of its first depression. And Patrice, if you never say a word again in your entire life, you said it all when you said mindset. We got to focus on the true idea. We need to thank God every day that we're created in his image. He's not created in ours. What's true of God is true of you and me. I'm not perfect and you're not perfect. And my students walking out this hall, they're not perfect, but everybody is perfect. And you got to focus in on that divine perfection. God is not poor. God is not weak. God is not troubled. God is not frustrated. God is not depressed. God is not afflicted and neither are you. And when you focus on divine perfection, well, baby girl, that's when miracles and healing occur. Your circumstances may be lacking, just like you said, all right, we went to lunch and you were broke. Well, you weren't broke. Your circumstances were lacking. Your circumstances were broke, but you were the same Patrice. What did you change? Well, damn it, you changed your thinking. The greatest gift we've ever been given is the ability to change our mind. And that's all you did. I love that you tell the story of when you were starting to interview people for, I believe, for I don't think it was thinking grow rich a black choice yet, but I know that you were interviewing John Johnson. What makes the great great? Yep. Well, yeah. What makes the great great founder and chief executive of Ebony magazine at the time. And he said to you, if you want to know how people feel about themselves, look at their bank account. You got that right. Look Ooh. at this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. Woo. Did your mouth drop in that moment? Oh, big time. And you know what? I, I interviewed him twice. And the first time I interviewed him, and I finally got the interview, Patrice. And he says, Young man, why are you going around the country, you know, and writing this book on success and, and blah, blah, blah? 
And, you know, I started to get a little nervous with him. He said, if I had your educational level and if I had if I was your age and if I had your talents and gifts, I wouldn't be wasting time writing a book. You have everything that you need for success and unbelievable opportunity. He was a little bit taken back because here's a guy, he did take a few college courses before practical purpose, didn't go to college. He did all this with a dream and with a vision to come up with a black version of Reader's Digest magazine. He called it Negro Digest and a black version of Look and Life magazine. And, you know, he talked about the mindset. He spoke about the vision and he spoke about persistence. You see, here's the key, Patrice persistence will get it for you, but being consistent will help you keep it. You're the only individual who keeps score. And he told me, you know, he said, if I could tell you all the no's and all the cynics and all the naysayers who told me I was crazy and and blah, blah, blah. And this is a good segue for me to say all the people that we are enamored, enamored with, all the people that we look up to, all the celebrities and game changers that we are in awe of, Well, Patrice, at one time in their life, they were ridiculed. At one time in their life, they were laughed at. At one time in their life, here comes the cynics, here come the doubters, here come the unbelievers. And that moment, that defining moment, that is the difference between a desire and a burning desire. And that is the difference between the passionate, committed mind and the individual who tucks his tail in and runs and goes home. You see, Patrice, the passion of committed mind can never be defeated, can never be defeated. If the passion of committed mind could be defeated, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. You wouldn't be the money maven. All the nonsense that you went through and all the doubters and the cynics who laughed and everything. But what did you have? You had the passion of committed mind. You said this brick wall, this one opportunity, your doubt, your sentence, I'm going through it. That is critical. People ask me all the time, they said, Dr. Kimber, what is the difference between a guy who works in corporate America for five years, gets sick of the rat race, jumps out there, starts his own business after a year or so, no one's using his product, no one's using his service, he gets behind on his mortgage, on his rent, he's about to lose his car, and instead of losing his car and his house, he blows the dust off his resume, throws it out there, and jumps back into corporate America. Then you got another guy, Patrice, works in corporate America five years, gets sick and tired of the rat race, jumps, leaves the job. After a year, no one's using his product. No one's using his service. He gets behind on his mortgage, about to lose his car. But instead of blowing the dust off his resume and looking for another job, he says, take the house, take the car. I can't do this. What's the difference between the two individuals? Well, one guy is afraid of losing his house and his car. The other guy is afraid of losing his life. And until you get to that point, you will never know the benefits of a burning desire. If your heart is not in your throat at least once a week, Patrice, you're living too far from the edge. One of the rules that I have in my class, my students can't sit in the same seat twice. They can't sit in the same seat twice. Why? Because when you sit in that same seat twice, you're going to be content. And if you're going to be content, you're going to be comfortable. And what's the opposite of success and achievement? It's comfort zone. Don't you ever compromise your value. You're in life right now by the values that you compromised. You could take, there's 400 every every year, Forbes magazine does the top 400, the wealthiest 400 individuals in the world. And only two of them are black or on that list. You can take all of their possessions. I can't take it. I'll have it all back in 60 days. Why? They never compromise their values. You are where you are in life. Wow. Got folks in the back, man. They got the bottled water. They got candy and blah, blah, blah. No, you bring your ass. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) You come on (laughs) up. Sorry. You know, you come on up into the front row, bro. You bring your game up to the front row. Because just when you think you got a take on the classroom, you sit in the front row. Man, Dr. Kimbrough, I like your cologne you're wearing today. Oh, man, you didn't shave that close today. Oh, okay. You begin to notice things you didn't notice. And that's all it is. And the same thing, if you're an entrepreneur or you're the money maven or you want to make a difference, what is the one thing you got to do in order to make that difference? You got to raise your level of vision. You've got to raise your level of vision. There's your Lord and Savior before Punctious Pilate. What does Punctious Pilate say to him? He says, don't you know I have the power of life and death over you? And what was Jesus' response at the crucible, at the defining moment of his life? What did he tell this man? He said, you would have no power if it didn't come from above. 
wow, what is above? You're raising your thinking. And business is called strategy. The problem isn't that you don't have money to return next semester. The problem is that you don't have a strategy to find the money to return next semester. The problem isn't that you're homeless. The problem is you didn't come up with a strategy to find a house. The problem isn't that you're unemployed. No, damn it. What is your strategy to go down to Home Depot and go ahead and convince that individual that you are the right person at the right time? The Bible says, complete thy noble task. But what the hell does that mean? It means at least show up, at least fill out the application. Damn it, at, le- at least get a suit that fits. Black man, at least pull your pants up. Man, at least blow the dust off your re- At least get some resume paper. At least send a thank you note. I don't care if you're standing on the street corner and you're holding up a cardboard sign, I will work for food. You got the same opportunity of Oprah Winfrey. You got the same opportunity of Bob Johnson or the six black billionaires that are out there. Why? Because anybody can wow the customer. Anybody can do more than what is expected, more than what is required. Anybody can go the extra mile. Anybody can implement the number one rule of marketing, which is make my eyeballs move. Mm make my eyeballs move. I I love that you say, I love that you say too, in the wealth choice, you're kind of talking about who has an opportunity to leave their mark, right? Or to build wealth. And you say any man or woman who can possess the ability to render prompt decisions. And I love that you talked about how a lot, a lot of what holds us back is our inability to make a decision. We're trapped by indecision, ever juggling two opinions, forever debating which course to pursue can, and you cannot control yourself in just like making a decision and being prompt. And I see that all the time. It's like you were saying, like, there are so many opportunities out there, but we are so blinded by what we don't have, what we can't do. And then overanalyzing, what did they call it? Analysis paralysis, so that we do nothing. Yep. And I'm like, just take an action. Just take the next best step. I took a step of doing a job that, quite frankly, was beneath me. You know, mm-hmm. in that moment, I had run a successful business, had 16 employees. And here I am living on my brother's couch and I take a job to make $500 a month yep. at the time to work in this salon. But then who do I walk into? Who do I bump into? Just by showing up, as you said, yeah. I meet the person who has been on my vision board eight years prior, yeah. who reminds me of the words that I read in his book eight years before. And my whole life takes a turn. And see, that's the whole thing, Patrice. Just like you got a, a guy in the Oval Office of the White House when he was running for president says the system is rigged. Well, he's right. The universe is rigged and it's rigged on your side. It's rigged in your favor. If you would have listened at the time, you know, to all the chaos and confusion, you might not have taken that job that somebody will say, well, that's beneath you, girl. Why are you working there? You got all this skill set. How come you aren't in corporate? How come you aren't pulling down? How come you don't have your own business? Blah, blah, blah. The universe is set up in your favor, but we got to take time to listen to it. You got on one side, you got ego. On the other side, you got the still small voice. And what does ego do? Ego shouts. You know, and what is ego, Patrice? Ego is any belief other than God. Ego, ego has one mission and one mission only, and that's to destroy you. But the still small voice whispers. The still small voice speaks in your voice. And that's the difference. And what is our only function? I guess Nelson Mandela said it best. Nelson Mandela, he is walking distance hours from making his transition, and he agrees to one last interview. And this journalist goes in there and says, Mr. Mandela, can you give me the purpose of life? And Mandela's well into his 90s, fighting for every breath. And he says, the only way I can answer that question is to be Socratic, is to ask you a question, young man. If you want to find the purpose of life, have you moved from potential to performance. In other words, have you closed the gap between what you're capable of and what you're doing? And number two, have you moved from fearless to fearlessness? If you knew who walks beside you every day on this journey called life, you would never doubt or fear again. And that's why we are caught in the paralysis of analysis. What if this blows up in my face? What if I lose my shirt? What if I lose my house? So what if? You're going to get it all back anyway. 
I mean, the only thing you got to do is pay the price in advance and in full. I mean, Patrice, we have all been at those magic moments when we are looking at the end of the world. You only got to pay the price once and once for all practical purposes should be enough. I remember when I was going through the seven ordeal to write the book and I had lost everything. I was five, five months behind on my house. And Patrice, I just knew they were going to take the house. I did have two cars repossessed. But right before it hit, we were about we got one final notice from our uh, mortgage company and they came out and they took pictures of the property and they said, this is it. And I just knew I was crying crocodile tears. I felt like a failure as a husband, as a father and blah, blah, blah. And my wife, oh, my God, I wouldn't be where I am without that little woman from Oklahoma City. She said, we got to get out of this house. So where are we going? So we're going out to dinner. I said, Pat, we don't have any money for dinner. What are you going? How are we going to get money for dinner? She said, I'm going to write me a check. Oh, Lord. She, so she wrote her a check. Somehow, some way, we found the money to go to a Chinese restaurant on La Vista Road. I know you've been on La Vista Road in the Atlanta area. And we ate Chinese food, again, having a pity party, this, that, and everything. After the Chinese dinner, they brought the fortune cookies. So there it is. Here I am crying in my wonton and everything. Open up my fortune cookie. And I looked at it. And Patrice, it was some nonsense. So it didn't make sense to where I was in life. And I said to myself, no, this is not my fortune. This has nothing to do with me. Don't you know, Patrice, I went around to every table at that Chinese restaurant where people ate and either left or discarded their fortune until I found the fortune cookie that I wanted. You come to my study and you sit down at my computer and my entire first floor in my house is my study. But if you sit at my computer, you'll notice about 30 or 40 books that have had a profound impact on my life. And you'll see a book, Robert Schuler Possibility Bible that my wife bought for me years ago when I couldn't find a quarter with a roadmap. You open that up to Genesis 1 and you will see Scotch tape that fortune at one of the lowest points of my life. And what did that fortune say? You will be surrounded by faith and funds. You will be surrounded by faith and funds and fortune. And so I looked at it and I said, wow, I went home, I got my family, and I knew, I knew this was the turning point of my life based on that fortune. I got my family, my wife and my three daughters, and I said, let's go into the living room of our house. My youngest daughter was seven years old at the time, Mackenzie. And we went into the living room and she said, what are we going to do? I said, let's let's hold hands. Let's make a circle and hold hands. So there we were, one of the lowest points of my life, holding hands, making a circle. And my youngest daughter says, Dad, what, what are we looking for? And I said, I just want you to look around. And she said, what, what, what are we looking for? I said, no, just take take a good look. Take a good look. I said, this is the basement floor. You will never see this again in life. And Patrice, don't you know, less than two months later, that book that I had worked on, the top 12 publishing houses in the nation bid for it. The floor bid was more than $100,000 just to get in on the floor bid. You committed to six figures. Not going to tell you what the top three bids were. Mm-hmm. My finances and my lifestyle went from below poverty to off the chart in less than 60 days after that event. Woo. And I love that you didn't take what was given to you. You determined what you needed to see. Like that is so important from the whole story. Like you determined what that fortune would be. Yeah. Yep. You say in the book, you say in the wealth choice, millionaires know that success builds character, but failure reveals it. And failure is never fatal. It's the down payment you pay for success. Yep. In other words, don't you ever compromise your values. There are 21 human values out there. Number one is achievement. And number number 21 is work. Number 20 is wisdom. Number two is ambition. Don't you ever compromise your value. You're in life right now by the values that you compromised. You could take, there's 400 every, every year, Forbes magazine does a top Forbes 400, the wealthiest 400 individuals in the world. And only two of them are up black or are on that list. You can take all of their possessions. They can't take it. I'll have it all back in 60 days. Why? They never compromise their values. 
Mm. You are where you are in life by the values that you have set. And that's character. I mean, somebody who has a millionaire mindset, somebody who's willing to serve his or her fellow man. And I say in the book, people will make you rich. People make you poor, depending on your level of service. That's what one of the millionaires taught me. Here they are, you know, determined to go ahead and serve somebody. Uh, You can go ahead and force them on welfare. They're only going to be there two days before they go ahead and build their fortune back. Why? The values that they've set. I say it to my female students. As a matter of fact, I said that today. I said, one day, ladies. You're going to want to walk down that aisle and you want to look in the eyes of your soulmate and you want to say those magical words to have and to hold until that day comes, ladies. Are you going to raise your standards or lower your standards? And here it comes. They that the head is just moving around. Dr. Kimbrough, I'm going to raise my standards. As a matter of fact, I'm going to raise my standards right now. Blah, blah, blah. We'll do the same thing for every area of your life. Mm-hmm. Do it for every area of your life. Who drives a Bentley? Who drives a Rolls Royce? Those who want to drive a Bentley and a Rolls Royce. Who plops down $150,000 for a Birkin handbag, an Hermes Birkin handbag? Those who believe they deserve a Birkin Hermes handbag. Beyonce has five of them. Taylor Swift, what does she say? She got about 10 of them. David Beckham, the soccer player, his wife, she has, what, 30 or 40 of them? That's the critical difference. Do you see yourself deserving? Do you deserve And that all comes back to self-esteem. Turn your should-dos into must-dos. Get around those people. Make sure you're not the sharpest individual in your group. If you're the sharpest individual in your group, well, damn it, you need to find another group. Yeah. I mean, those are critical issues. And you said it at the beginning of our little talk. And this is what I love you for. You said, basically, your books and your words are not about wealth. They're not about wealth. And I tell people the same thing. My books are not about cash. My books are about courage. It takes courage to chase your dream. It takes courage to find a new set of friends because the folks who you hang around with don't empower you. It takes courage to forsake today for tomorrow. It takes courage to save 10% of everything that you earn. And you said that at the top of this podcast. Again, I got to say it again, baby girl. And at one point in your life, you were somebody's baby girl. If you get laryngitis and you can never say another word again. Well, damn it, Patrice, you said enough. Mm. You said enough. And somebody out there in that universe who's going to be ready for it, this journey that we call life, it's a classroom. And unlike any classroom that we've ever been in, we're not only the student. Well, we're the teacher. So I tell my students, make sure you're teaching yourself well. Patrice, at the, at the opening of this podcast, you were teaching us well. You were teaching us well. Watch your mindset. Watch your mindset. The passionate, committed mind is everything. Nothing can stop the passionate, committed mind. If the passionate, committed mind could be defeated, there'd be no Oprah Winfrey. There'd be no Instagram. The same time, the same moment that Kodak, who developed the digital camera, they developed the digital camera. And after 20 years, they go bankrupt. They'll go belly up. And you have 13 committed souls near you, north of you in Silicon Valley. Take the same idea and come up with Instagram with a market cap. Kodak went bankrupt. They take the same idea, come up with Instagram. And Instagram has a market cap of six billion. What do they have that Kodak didn't have? They had the passion and committed mind. Kevin Sinstrom of Instagram wouldn't be defeated. Chad Hurley of YouTube wouldn't be defeated. Reed Hoffman of LinkedIn wasn't going to be defeated. Zuckerberg wasn't going to be defeated. Jack Dorsey of Twitter, no, damn it, I'm not going to be defeated. And they came up with those social media platforms and they changed the world. That's powerful. That is powerful, the passionate, committed mind. This one thing I will do. What did Jesus tell Judas? Whatever you must do, do it quickly. This one thing I do. And like I said, all the people that we lift up and all the people we go la la at one point in their time, they were ridiculed. And that's, that's, that's the burning desire. Burning desires, an inner candle, inner flame that can never be extinguished. And though the cynics may come, the doubters may come, they may laugh, you will use their laughter, you will use their cynicism, and you will use their doubt to propel you forward. That's right. 
That's why faith is one of the pillars, one of the six yeah. pillars. Well, the faith is one, you know. I interviewed Tara Carissa Hodges. She's an international minister just a couple of weeks ago for this series. And she talked about that anyone doing purpose work will come under attack. Yep. And I think that it's important as we look at, you know, this series was called Results, Not Resolutions. And I really yeah. wanted to get people committed to what they say they want, because I'm tired of hearing people uh, of people who are interested so they yeah. talk about the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's like, you got to get committed, right? Yep. It's like what you're saying. She basically said, you know, that all purpose work will come under attack. And we have to be clear that everyone is not going to get the vision. Everyone's not mm -hmm. going to be on your team. Everyone's not yep. going to be your champion. They're not going to be your cheerleader. You know, they're not going to encourage you. And some of them are going to try to actually discourage other people from yeah. believing in you, working with yeah. you, following you. But are you interested or committed? Because I'm committed to this vision that God gave me. I'm not attached to who is going to be with me in each season of this journey. Yeah. Like People can come and go. Things will come and go. But I have my sights on the bigger vision, the bigger task at hand. And, be, and because you're committed, you have conviction. And Patrice, what do we know about conviction? Conviction is a force multiplier. It is a force multiplier. All the great businesses, all the great things that we, all the inventions and innovation, all the great social movements, they didn't start out with the chorus or the choir. They started out with the soloist. They started out with one individual. The majority never get it. It's always that passionate, committed mind is that one individual who gets it before he or she leaves the majority to get it. Do you think the majority ever said, you know what would be good? It would be good if we gave women the right to vote. No, it started with one individual in the women's suffragette movement. Do you think the majority said, you know what would be good? It would be good if we freed the slaves. Ah, uh -uh. It was Nat Turner. It was Sojourner Truth. It was Harriet Tubman. It was, it was that one passionate, committed mind. As you said, so, you know, the masses never get it until the passion committed mind leads them. Mm. Mm. And it's conviction. It is conviction that force multiply. We were talking about, OK, there was another school shooting in Kentucky and blah, blah, blah. And hearing some things out of your president's mind and blah, blah, blah. My students talk about, man, Dr. Kimber, there's so many people out there who hate and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no. There's not more people out there that are bad. There's not more people who are evil. There's not more people who hate than good people who love. The only thing is that those who hate and those who are trapped are evil. Well, they do it with a conviction. So you got to do when you go ahead and love is your only function and instead love, you got to be convicted. Yes. You got to be convicted. So many people say, you know, they discovered God and this and well, what is God? God is peace, hope, love, and forgiveness. So if you tell me that you found God, that means that you can give peace, hope, love, and forgiveness to the individual sitting next beside you at the counter at McDonald's, standing behind you at Walmart. You can give peace, love, hope, and forgiveness to the individual who just gave you the finger on the freeway because you cut him off. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. There's no financial deficit in this country. There's a spiritual deficit. And when you see, when you're inspired, what is inspired? Inspired is enlightenment. What is inspired? It's in spirit. When you are inspired, nothing can stop you. Mm -hmm. I was just interviewed by a site called nerdwallet.com for Black History Month, something about featuring Black financial experts for Black History Month. And the last question they asked, which I thought was really interesting, was about what, because of this presidency, what do I think is going to hold us back? What is going to hold Black people back in their finances? And that's why I said I was like, I think that's really less about money and more about spirit. Like, I think you're expecting me to say something about taxes uh, or something else. But I really believe that that's a spiritual issue. Like, I think that what's happening is continued attack on our spirit, on our mind, on mm -hmm. our hope, on our possibility. And once mm -hmm. we lose those things, then the financial bankruptcy can come and everything else. But the money is the byproduct. It's not the root issue. Oh, without a doubt. You, child, you said it all. 
again, I don't want this to get overly spiritual, but everything occurs to you twice in life, the inner, the outer, the thought, the thing, the mental, the physical. And when you get the mental right, this I will have, this I will do, this I will become. The bottom line, Patrice, is nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Okay, we you look at all the great inventions and everything. Why are these inventions so so useful in our society now? Because they got a true idea of what the invention, what the innovation is. I mean, look how the cell phone has just transpired over time. Look at TV. Well, why is the picture and why is the, the you hear my voice and I hear your voice and everything sounds so sharp? Because it's very little matter. See, they got in their mind crystal clear of what this is supposed to be. And when we focus on crystal clear, what I'm supposed to do, why are you here? What is your area of excellence? How do you add value? All things that you need, but, you know, the the lack will be taken care of. Everything that you need will be given to you. Mm -hmm. When you focus in on your area of excellence, what do you love to do? What do you have a passion for? What would you do for free? You know, if no one ever paid you a dime, if no one ever gave you financial remuneration, what is your area of unfair competitive advantage? When are you going to leave your fingerprints on life and prove you were here? When you answer those critical questions and focus on the number one reason why you're here, like I said, never have to worry about income and never have to worry about employment. Never. Game over. And Patrice, I could tell you're at that point now. You're at the point. You know, you, you, you probably don't even have to call a drum for speaking engagements. People call you. They, they call you now. Wait a minute. Uh, we gotta bring the money maven in. They, they know you. Why? Because of this vision that you've had in your mind for years. This vision in your mind that you had for years. I mean, that's powerful. This one thing that you said you were going to do. And damn it, baby girl, you did it. You did it. And plus, you are serving others. You are changing lives as we speak. And you never know. You never know whose life you'll impact. You're reaching people that other folks couldn't reach, that other folks couldn't reach. And there's no, you know, life is not zero sum, okay, because Patrice sells a book or Patrice is speaking, somebody else, ah, it doesn't work. though. life isn't zero sum because I give you a slice of the cake that's less cake for me. No, it's not like that. You bake your own cake, you bake your own pie as big and as large as you want. There's no such thing as a lost opportunity. It's just captured by another individual. Mm. Woo, man, why didn't I know that you were at Clark Atlanta back in the day? I should have been in your business class. <laughs> I, could, I could sit with you all day, every week, man. Until midterms oh come out. I'm bad at you, Dr. Kimber. Why? What did I do now? I can't believe you asked <laughs> that question on the midterm. You know you didn't cover that. Girl, yes, I did. I covered that. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Kimbrough, at the end of every episode, I ask these kind of rapid wisdom questions. So uh, I have a few for you. You ready? Go. How do you define success? Success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. That's all it is. You can't put a dollar figure on it unless that dollar figure is a part of your goal. It's a progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. The young lady who says, I want to be a teacher and then sets out on the path to be a school teacher. The unemployed guy, the guy without the high school diploma. I want to work a job at the corner service station or maybe one day own that corner service station. Those are two examples of individuals who are just as successful as a Oprah Winfrey, a Bill Gates, a Steve Jobs. Come on. Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Creative men and women with access to capital. Now, that was more than three words. I know. You got to narrow that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's wealth. Creative men and women with access to capital. Mm-hmm. Wealth is not what you have. It's what you keep. It's not what you spend. It's not blah, blah. It is what you keep. Assets minus liabilities. That's wealth. That is. Okay. What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? Free to Choose by Milton Friedman. Huh. I have to link to that. I, I don't think I've even heard of that. Milton Friedman, he made his transition. You go, he's a Nobel laureate. He taught at the University of Chicago when I was at Northwestern working on my doctorate. And when I got the opportunity to attend a conference and he was there, uh, when I shook his hand and I was thinking about after my first year at Northwestern, changing programs, going to the University of Chicago so I could study under him. 
but yeah, free to choose. And see, here's the thing, Patrice. I mean, there are 50 million different choices. You heard me say it before that we make on a daily basis. And a lot of, and 90% of them, 99% of them, we don't really have to choose. I mean, it's no big deal, but there are two choices that you got to confront every day as soon as your feet hit the ground. Number one, you can accept the circumstances as they are. Or number two, you can take the responsibility to change them. Your life is based off because you took the latter approach. You said, no, I'm going to change these circumstances. And that's what wealth is. Wealth, you know, wealth is not a function of who your parents are, your education, what side of town you were raised, who's in your network. No, wealth is a function of faith. It's a function of persistence. It's a function of discipline. And men and women, here's the challenge. Those men and women who have won mostly in life have relied mostly on themselves. You relied mostly on yourself. You say, uh, these circumstances don't pertain to me. I'm going to change these. No one in my family ever created wealth, but I ain't got a damn thing to do with me. You flat out made a decision. I don't know if you did it consciously or subconsciously, but you made a decision. You weren't going to be poor. <laughs> I made a decision in third grade that I wasn't yep. going to be poor. That's right. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, wow. Okay. Fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. Wow. My name is Dennis Kimbrough. And what was the other? For me, the truth about wealth is. Easier than I thought. Wow. Yeah. When you get all the nonsense and all the crap out of your mind and everything, this is really easy. It's believe and achieve. If I took a glass of water into a chemistry class and assayed that down to its finest components, I get two part hydrogen, one part oxygen. If I took the Bible into a chemistry class and assayed that down to its finest components, take all 40 authors, all 66 chapters into that chemistry class, and I said, give me the cliff notes of this book. It'd be two things. Number one, believe. And number two, be not afraid. But when we put in all the nonsense, well, what if this happens? And what if my friends laugh? And what's my mama going to say when she found out I took my money and did this? That's when the nonsense occurs. That's when the nonsense occurs. The kingdom is truly within. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? There is no lack in you. It's been given to you. Why are you searching for a key? For an unlocked door. Uh, the door is unlocked, Patrice. Will you walk through it? And that's all he ever tried to do with his, uh, with his 11 disciples. He said, go and share the gospel. What do you mean by share the gospel? Go and demonstrate love. And their response says, well, well teacher, what shall we say when we get there? And what was the response? I'll tell you when you get there. Just go and demonstrate love. Mm. divine love has met and will always meet every human need. If miracles aren't occurring in your life, love is not present. You're doing something wrong. So you just going to wait to the very end and make me keep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to do today. Oh, my God. I thank you so much. I love you so much, Miss Patrice Watson. You the money maven. What you gonna talk oh. about this Saturday, girl? What, what's, what's, what's on <laughs> I'm the menu? About what, you, so you what, need to what, what are you listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you serving this Saturday? Man, I am so blessed. I am so grateful to have the opportunity to build a platform where I get to share this type of wisdom. Thank you so much for saying yes. Patrice, I love you so much. You have a great day. I love you too. Okay, bye bye. Woo, come on, somebody. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that was going to bless your whole soul? Man, Dr. Kimbrough is a blessing. This man literally encouraged me to become who I am today. And every time I've spoken to him or communicated with him via email or in person or ran into him, like I just get recharged and I hope that you feel recharged. I hope that if you're being reintroduced to him or introduced to him for the first time, now you truly understand what's possible for you. Mm. Like listening to this again as I prepped for this Rewind episode really prompted me just the other day to keep opening fortune cookies when I was out with my daughter. 
I was so unapologetic with you guys. I I usually would feel bashful or like a little intimidated or I don't want to do that. But I was unapologetic. I was determined to not leave there until I got the fortune that I wanted. And it just is something about it. I mean, you know, Chinese food restaurants all over the country or the world are probably going to be really irritated with you purpose chasers, but I'm for it. If you fight to find your fortune for 2019, tag me in social media, Seek Wisdom PCW. Share with me the fortune that you went and fought for because this has to be the time. This is our time. What else are we waiting for? And it's such a powerful physical representation of the stand that we get to take for our lives. And as time winds down, I have to just go ahead and remind you that the doors to mastery and momentum are closing soon. If you're looking to truly take control of your fortune for 2019, then I really want you to consider. Now, you might be saying, what is mastery and momentum? It's a 12-month private mastermind and retreat community designed for entrepreneurs, executives, and other women leaders who know what they want. You know what you want, but you don't always have the roadmap or the roll dogs or the radical accountability to get there. And like Dr. Kimbrough said in this episode, persistence will get it for you, but consistency will help you keep it. And most of us lack consistency because we lack accountability. This space for me, Mastery Momentum, is a place to embrace like he says, total craft mastery. And the reason I call it mastery and momentum is because I truly believe that it'll be a space where you get to master you, what you want, what matters, how you want to show up, how you want to be treated in the world and so much more. And then use that to create the momentum you need to get the results that you've never had. I'm talking radical goal setting systems and no, not smart goals. It's deeper than that. Bi-weekly accountability monthly master mentor sessions, two beautiful retreats, and so much more. It's a safe space for successful women with full lives to admit that while you may be amazing professionally, personally, you know, you need some help staying committed to the areas of life that truly matter. And you're sick and tired of talking about it and you're ready to be about it. So this community caters not only to your wealth building, it will do that, but also to your well-being, which I find is left out of a lot of communities. So if that sounds like something you are even remotely interested in, then I encourage you to apply at masteryandmomentum.com. And I must say this, when I say apply, it's not a ploy to make you feel like it's exclusive. No, seriously, everyone who applies at this stage has to talk to me and I need to read all of the applications and feel like you are truly a good fit and there's something that Not only you'll get out of it, but something that you can contribute because a mastermind is also sharing ideas and best practices and what's worked for you and successes and struggles. And so it's not about me just teaching. I will do that along with some other folks that I'm curating for that community. And I'm super excited about that. But you have to be willing to show up and contribute too. And I find that the more I contribute to the circles that I'm in, the richer that environment becomes and the more I get to take away as well because people are not afraid to pour into me in the same way. So this is not about you being so awesome and everyone needs to cater to you. Unfortunately, if that's where you are right now, not a fit, but if you are ready to contribute to others in the same way you want other folks to contribute to you, then this might be a fit. So go to masteryandmomentum.com and check it out. We're closing the door soon. So listen, you guys, again, you may have to listen to this episode one, two, three times. Get it in your spirit and get ready to go to new heights. I am so pumped about 2019 and I hope that you are too. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.